Okay, so before we start, let's have a game. Okay, I'd like to call, uh, I'd like to call Bobby. Uh, I'd like to call uh, Jojo. Jo, lika, wala si Alex eh. And I'd like to call possibly Tess, halika. Dito kayo sa taas. Okay. Now that they're here, we can send them back to sit down. Dito ka, tita Tess. Okay. You are going to celebrate a birthday. Okay. Next month. And then you have invited VIPs from both Hollywood and world church leaders. Okay. Like Pastor Danny Perez, Pastor Insong, world church leaders. Who would you choose to do or help you with the following? Okay. Pili kayo to choose between these three. Who would you like to help you with your party? The first one on catering. Is it bad? Yes. Tess? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. Photo and video. Bobby? Bobby or Jojo? Isa lang. Kayo talaga mga taksil. Okay. What about the program? Jojo? Okay. What about physical arrangement of the venue? Who? Hair and makeup? Okay, thank you. Let's. Kayo talaga, okay. You know what? Ah, nakalimutan ko tuloy sasabihin ko. Okay, you know what? In life, there are a lot of choices. Right? And normally we choose from among these people based on our knowledge or the expertise of these people. Like, for example, you guys choose Bobby to do the hair and makeup. <laughs> because, you know, as a photographer, photographers are, you know, they're, they're artists. Seriously, photographers are, are taught how to do hair and makeup. Okay, tama ba, Jojo? Okay, they're taught to do hair and makeup because when the makeup artist is not around, that happened to me one time. Okay, I was shooting in uh, some models, and the hair and makeup artist was, was not around. So with the little knowledge that I have, I just asked her to, to paint her face, and then started to retouch a little bit. I call it painting. <laughs> okay, so photographers do that. Okay, and when we talk of food, nobody chose Bobby. Why? Because Bobby does not even know how to cook. Right, Ella? Where's Ella? Bobby just know how to eat. Si Ella, diba? Photo and video coverage. Everybody knew that Jojo is a photographer and Bobby is also a photographer. That's why you choose Bobby and Ella to do, to do the photo, photo and video coverage. Am I right? Same is true with us. On a day-to-day -day basis, we choose whom we can trust. And I'd like, I have a good news for you this morning. We have a God who knows everything. We have a God who knows how to do, do photo and video coverage. We have a God who knows how to do catering. We have a God who knows how to do hair and makeup. But God is not a chimoy. We have a God who is omniscient. We have a God who knows your situation. We have a God who knows the level of your bank account. 
We have a God who knows what kind of sickness you have, whether it is Ebola, whether it is virus, or whatever, God knows it. And you know, it is not a surprise to God that there's going to be an Ebola outbreak in the United States because God knows everything. In fact, in the book of Psalms, it says that even before words come out of our mouth, God already knows what we're going to say. And even in Jeremiah, it says that before I formed you, beforehand, God already knew you. And isn't it kind of intimidating that, you know, we cannot hide anything from the Lord? He knows each and every one of us. In fact, in Matthew it says, He knows the number of hairs that you have or the number of hairs that you have before. Okay? God knows them. Tawa kayo ng tawa. Okay? God knows everything. So He's a God that we can rely on. He's a God that we can, we can trust. Psalms 147 verse 5, it says, Great is our Lord and mighty in power, and His understanding has no limit. God is a limitless God. You cannot contain God in a box. But oftentimes, we as Christians, we contain back God in a, in a box. We limit His power by what? By our unbelief. We limit His power by not recognizing who God is in our lives. But it says that God has no limit. He is mighty in power. The last time I spoke to you is about the omnipotence of God. And I've shown you a video how God created or when God created the heavens and the earth and I showed you the universe. God owns all of this and He's the one who created them. He's got unlimited power and His knowledge and His understanding is limitless. Amen? Okay, wake up the, the person next to you. And in, Isaiah, in the book of Isaiah, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. As I said earlier, we tend to limit God. By what? By limiting God in a box, by our unbelief, by, by not recognizing who God really is in our lives. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Oftentimes we think that God would think the way we think. And even in our prayer lives, we limit God because we wanted God to answer our prayers on the basis of what we wanted to happen. Remember, God is a limitless God. His ways are higher than our ways. He knows better. You know there's a saying, mother knows best, right? And I would say this morning, God knows best. You know, when I was preparing this message, I have to change it five times. Because the first time when I was preparing this, I started to prepare about the will of God in relation to His omniscience. But when Pastor Insong texted me about prayer, I was really happy because I was also contemplating or preparing about this message on prayer as far as are in relation to the omniscience of God. So our topic for this morning is about being anxious. You know, this morning when I woke up, I was really anxious. I was so stressed. Because the keynote presentation that I am supposed to share with you this morning won't download in my iPad. I tried several ways to do it, it just won't. And I remember my message is about prayer. 
So I said, Lord, you created Mac. In fact, this is the only computer that existed from time immemorial in the Garden of Eden. God told Adam and Eve not to touch Apple. Okay? So after a few minutes, I was able to download the keynote presentation in my iPad. God is omniscient. Why are we anxious? What is anxiety? Worry? Stress? What else? Who among you here are anxious? People are anxious with a lot of things. Sometimes we are anxious about our pimples. Right? By the way, if you want to have an, uh, a medicine for pimples, eat banana. Okay, maraming tumatawa. Look at the monkeys, they don't have pimples. Some of us are anxious about our grades. Some of us are anxious about our career. Some of us are stressed because the money in the bank is already negative. Some of us are anxious because we're sick. Some of us are anxious because we have relatives, friends, or even parents that we've been praying, and up to now, they have not known the Lord. We are anxious because they might go to hell. We're stressed out. We're stressed out. You know, anxiety is anything or it is an unmet need in the heart. Anything that does not meet our standards or does not jive into what we want to happen, people become anxious. And you know, anxiety or stress is one of the major causes of death in America, not only in America, but throughout the world. There is a thing called psychosomatic. For you who are, who are in the medical practice, you know what a psychosomatic is. You get sick because of stress. Some time ago, I always had this gout attack, and the doctor told me it's because of stress. Stress. We're stressed of our grades. Stress that up to now, you don't have a boyfriend and you're already 27 years old. Stress that up to now, you have no kids. Stress that our children are, are not with the Lord. Stress about anything. Stress about our boss. Stress about the traffic. We're anxious with a lot of things, a lot of stuff. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. All together, please. Anxiety is not only a dysfunction. Anxiety is also a sin. Anxiety causes deterioration in our bodies. It causes deterioration to your gums. It causes deterioration to your bones. It causes deterioration to every part of your body. In fact, because of anxiety, people get sick from a simple cold to cancer, to heart attack. Am I right, doctors? Anxiety, stress. Our body does not function normally when we are anxious, when we are stressed out. And a lot of Christians are anxious. I noticed that in, in some churches, they have this deposit back at the back of the church. When they enter the church, they leave them their stress and anxiety and when they go out, they pick up their anxiety again. I'm glad it's not in CCF. Why? Because everybody here trusts the Lord. 
Amen? So anxiety. Why are we anxious? Why are we anxious? This morning, I'm going to share with you some Bible characters. Okay? That, that will show us how they went through certain anxieties in their lives. But before we go to that, I've, I know I've shared this when I spoke about the omnipotence of God. And let's review it. God is not incompetent. God is not forgetful. And God is not indifferent. You know, there are three things that we infer about God's character when we're, whenever we go through anxiety in life. We don't say it, but our action speaks louder than words. We think that God is incompetent. We think that God has already forgotten us. And we think that God is indifferent to our needs. Let's look at Abraham. Who is Abraham? When his name was still called Abram, God called him in the from the land of Ur. Ur is actually the modern-day Iraq. And when God called him, Abraham, or Abraham, I want you to leave your country. I want you to leave your, your uh, from where you are, and I want you to go to a place that I'm going to show you. And I'm going to make you a great nation. Abraham at the time was already enjoying social security system or social security pension because Abraham was very old. In fact, Abraham's age is our age where, where we are already considered as retired individual. Abraham had a wife, Sarah, who is barren. The original, the original last name of Sarah is, she's actually Chinese, though. Why? Because she is Sarado. She cannot bear a child. So Sarah is Sarado. She cannot bear a child. She's barren, and yet God promised them, I am going to give you a son. I am going to make you a father of many nations. God must be crazy, right? He chose an old person. He chose a person without capability to bear a child. And he promised them, I am going to make you the father of many nations. Now, if we open our Bibles to Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. He said, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your great reward. What an encouragement. God introduced himself to Abram as the shield and a great reward. Do not be afraid. Many of us, I realize that many of us are afraid. Afraid of many things. We're afraid of failure. We're afraid to do things that God has instructed us to do because we would say that we are not capable of doing it. And the word of the Lord came to Abraham and, and said, Don't be afraid. I am your shield and your great reward. You know when you have the Lord Jesus Christ in your life, He is the best reward that you can ever have. Right? It's not money. It's not fame. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. I am your great reward. And I am your shield. Shield is a protection. God is saying that I am going to protect you. And yet many, many people are still afraid. God is saying, do not be afraid. Why are we afraid? We're afraid that we're going to lose our job. 
We're afraid that we're going to die of cancer because our grandparents died of cancer. We're afraid that we cannot pay the mortgage of our houses. We're afraid that we cannot send our kids to school. We're afraid that we, will go, we are going to die soon because our neighbor died of heart attack. We're afraid that we're not going to pass our exam in school. We're afraid that people will not like us. What are we afraid of? I am your shield. I am your great reward. But Abraham said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and one who will inherit my estate is Eleazar of Damascus? And Abraham said, You have given me no children. So a servant in my household will be my heir. You know, during Abraham's uh, time, if you don't have a child, your trusted servant will become the heir of your estate. That's the law during their time. So Abraham was complaining to God. God, you promised me this. But Lord, look, I don't have a child. And my servant is going to inherit the, the, the estate. Lord, what are you talking about? Sometimes we question God's competence. Right? God promised us that he's going to bless us. God has promised us that he's going to heal us. And yet we say, Lord, the doctor said I'm going to die tomorrow. Things are getting worse. Instead of trusting God, believing that he is our great reward, what happens? We question God. And sometimes we would think that God is forgetful. That's why Abram reminded God, God, can't you see? I don't have a child. As if we think that God do not know us. As if we think that God has forgotten our situation. As if God has forgotten that you have been abandoned by your children. As if God forgot that you have been abandoned by your husband. God knows our situation. God is not incompetent. He is not forgetful. And he is not indifferent of our situation. But Abraham reminded God, Lord, you might not know I don't have a child. Lord, you promise, but Lord, you don't know my situation. Lord, your promise is only okay during the time of Abraham. But in the 21st century, your promise, your promises to me, Lord, I don't think it will work. Sometimes we think that way. Sometimes we don't say it. But our action implies or infers that we question the character of God. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. Many times because of our situation, we think that God has already lost control of this world. The Ebola scare. Some people question, God, where are you? I remember during the typhoon in the Philippines, I've seen it on TV. One of the government officials was questioning, where is God? God, you have forgotten us. Where are you in times of need? So just like this morning, where is God? Lord, I'm sick. Where are you? I've been praying that you heal me, Lord, for several years already, and here I am. The doctor said it's not getting any better. Where are you? And then the Lord took him outside. Look up the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can count them, so shall 
your offspring be. Abraham believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. The second Bible character I'd like to share with you is a woman named Hannah. Okay? Hannah is the one of the wives of a person named Elkanah. So that you will remember, let's call him Elk. And the other wife of Elk is a woman named Penea. Let's call her Penny. So Hannah and Penny are the wives of a man, of a rich man named Elk. Okay? You know, during those days, if you have money, you can have as many wives as you have, as you can. So this suggests that Hannah has everything in life. She has the money, and Penny is well known, meaning they come from a good family, they come from a good clan. Okay, probably Hannah is uh, one of those people who are in the higher echelon of the society. But Hannah was desperate. Why? Because Hannah didn't have a son. And day in and day out, day in and day out, Penny would ridicule Hannah because during those days, it is a shame if you don't have a son. If you're married and you don't have a son, it is a shame. So Hannah was anxious. She was stressed out. That's why in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 10, Hannah prayed to the Lord in her deep anguish. Have you felt to be in deep anguish? How does it feel to be in deep anguish? You don't know what to do. When you pray to God, you don't even know what to say. You just cry. How many of you have experienced that? I've experienced that. I don't know what to pray. It's just that there's a heavy burden in our hearts. We are anxious. We're so stressed out. And Hannah experienced that. The Bible says that in her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. How many of us have cried bitterly before the Lord? I've cried bitterly before the Lord. Because sometimes our situation is, that's it. We're at the end of the rope. There's nothing else we can do. So we are just like Hannah. We're in deep anguish, praying to God. And she made the vow, saying, Lord Almighty. She acknowledged that God is almighty. That God is powerful. That God knows everything. If you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me. And not forget your servant, but give her a son. Then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. And no razor will ever be used on his head. Hannah was in deep anguish. Remember me, God is not forgetful. God Almighty, you are competent. And in deep anguish, God answered the prayer of Hannah. Because God is not indifferent to our situation. Sometimes he won't say that God is incompetent. We know that God is going to answer our prayers. But sometimes we segmentalize God. We know God will only answer our prayers on certain aspects or areas of our lives. Sometimes we think that when we talk of spiritual things, that is God's expertise. But when we talk of financial things, oh, I will have to work, 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 work. I will have to do it my way. 
Right? Sometimes we limit God when it comes to spiritual aspects only. We limit God when it comes to salvation. We limit God when it comes to church activities. We limit God when it comes to church issues. We limit God when it comes to small group issues. But when we talk of money, I don't think God can do it. When we talk of relationships, I don't think God can do it. Here I am, Lord, I've been waiting for 40 years. I'm still single. God can't do it. Sickness, oh, I don't think, I think God can only heal me when I have cough. But when it is cancer, I guess I need to go to a specialist. We limit God. Sometimes we don't say it, but the way we act, we infer that we question God's character. God is a God who knows everything. You know what? He's the one who created your body. And God can miraculously just recreate your body and heal you of your disease. If we go back to the story of Abraham, so Abraham had no son. He's already old. The wife is barren. And one day, Sarah came to Abraham and said, I don't think the promise of God is real. Why don't you sleep with Hagar? So Abraham said, Oo nga. Why not? Why not? With consent. Let me do it. So Abraham slept with Hagar, and they bore a son, and they call it Ishmael. And what happened? Since the time Abraham diverted from the plan of God in his life, what happened? Hagar and Ishmael just brought pain and sorrow to Abraham. And even up to this day, the offspring of Ishmael brings sorrow and pain to the Jewish people. And every time we try to help God in the areas where we think that, that God is not capable of, it will only bring pain and sorrow to yourselves. I will give you an example. You know, in, in the areas of finances, Lord, I wanted to buy a car. This is from my personal experience. Okay, when I moved here in the United States, back in the Philippines, I had a good car. So when I came over, I had a second-hand car. Sabi ko, Lord, it is not your will that I will have a second-hand car. Lord, I want to have a sports car. I had to have a luxury car. So on my second or third year here in the United States, I went to Nissan and grabbed the best Nissan Maxima. And I was the first buyer of that car, that, that, that model. It was a sports car. So after that, what happened to me? Nabaon ako sa utang. What happened to me? I had difficulty paying for the car. But the Lord was telling me, no, you don't need a car because you have a good SUV anyway. Why would you buy a car? What happened? I deviated from the plan of God in my life. So what happened? It brought sorrow and pain to me. Some of us are also in that situation. We deviated from the will of God in our lives. We deviated from the plan of God in our lives. Why? Because we tried to help God in certain areas of our lives that we think God cannot answer our prayers. And what happens? It will just bring pain and sorrow to you. That's what happened to Abraham. That's why up to now, the offspring of Ishmael brings sorrow and pain to the people of God.
I hope you're not that person. I hope that when you pray, that when we pray, when we seek God, we follow whatever the Lord is telling us to do. We don't deviate from the plan of God in our lives. You know, in the book of Luke, chapter 5, it tells us the story of how God chose the disciples. One day, Jesus was teaching. And the disciples, they were fishermen. When they came ashore, you know, they worked the whole night and caught nothing. Nothing. Not even a Gigi or Galunggong. So they caught nothing. And Jesus told them, you know, those of you who are fan of, of fishing, you know that you can get a good catch at night, right? But during the daytime, it's difficult to get a good catch. But at that time, Jesus told them, okay, go out and throw your nets. And the disciples followed Jesus. You know, Peter was there. Peter could have said, Jesus, you're telling us to go out and fish in the daytime? Whole night we caught nothing. Some of us may be like that. God is telling us to do something else, and yet what we do, we suggest something else to God. And like Peter, when God told them, or when Jesus told them, throw out your nets, okay, they just followed, they just obeyed what the Lord has been telling them. And what happened? They were able to catch a lot of fish. God knows everything. God knows where to fish. God knows where, how to answer your prayers. God knows even the intent of our thoughts because God is omniscient. There was also an instance where in John chapter 6, Jesus was teaching and it was about noontime. There were about 5,000 people and they don't have anything to eat. And Jesus asked the disciples, what are we going to do with these people? He asked the disciples, not because he doesn't know, but God or Jesus is trying to find out how they will respond, how they will react, how they will they're going to practice their faith. So same is true with us. Sometimes we feel that God is playing hide and seek for us. But you know, it's not a matter of playing hide and seek. The seeking is more important because God wanted us to seek Him. God wanted us to knock to Him. God wanted us to, to have that intimacy with Him, that fellowship with Him. Because even before we pray, God already knows what you need. But why is it that God still wants us to pray? Because God values intimacy. That's why in Matthew, when God taught the disciples how to pray, He said, Our Father. He started the prayer with Our Father. Establishing that relationship with Him. In the Old Testament, God did not introduce Himself as the Father. But in the New Testament, Jesus reintroduced God as the Father because God is our Father. God is our Father. God wanted to have that relationship with us. He wanted to have that intimacy with us. God wanted us to be talking to Him. And you know, sad to say that many Christians only remember God when they have issues in life. But during the heydays, they forget God. And sometimes they would only remember God when it's time to eat, or even sometimes they forget. And the Lord is telling us, be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. What is that thing 
that is bothering you? What is that thing that is causing stress and anxiety to your life? I do not know that thing that you have in your life. Whatever it is, God says that all things are possible to those who believe. What is that thing? Sometimes, you know, there's a parable, there's a story in the Bible wherein there was this, this man who had a son. And he brought his son to Jesus because the son was sick. And he said, I brought that son, my son to the disciples and they cannot heal him. And Jesus said, bring him to me. The problem with many Christians is that they never bring that thing to Jesus. The problem with many Christians is they just talk about their problems. They just talk about their stress. They just talk about their situation. And when they talk about it in their small group, they would say, oh, I already prayed for it. Is it that you think you brought your burden to Jesus? But actually, no. You don't bring your problems to CCF. You don't bring your problems to your small group. You bring them to Jesus. Sometimes we think, you know, I've already thought about my problem several times then. God already knows. No, bring that thing to Jesus. Because, because it is only Jesus, it is only God who can meet our situation. Amen? What is the thing that you have that's bothering you? What is the thing that's causing that anxiety? What is the thing that we become, we become anxious of? We're stressed out. God knows everything. You know he's not in a panic mode. That when we experience certain situation in life and God's in a panic. No. God knows. Because God is in control. God is not incompetent. He can meet your need. Just bring it to Him. God is not forgetful. That He has forgotten what you have experienced or, or what you're going through. And God is not indifferent. That He would say, Bahala ka. No, but God cares for you. The Bible says, cast your cares on Him. Because what? He cares for you. Do not be anxious about anything. Whether small or big, do not be anxious. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request. What is your request this morning? What is your request this morning? Is it the salvation of your loved ones? Is it the sickness that's bothering you? Is it the financial condition that you are in right now? Is it your career? Is it your relationship? Is it the mortgage of your house? Is it the mortgage of your car? Is it your rebellious kid? Is it your parents? Is it your grades in school? What is it? Anything. Never allow anything to cause that anxiety in you because you're just going to kill yourself.
bring them to Jesus. Bring them to Jesus. Why are we going to bring it to Jesus? Because He's the only one who knows everything. He's the only one who can answer all our prayers. Whatever situation you are in right now, God can meet your need. God is omniscient. So why are we going to be anxious? Why are we going to be anxious? There's no reason for us to be anxious because God is a powerful God. He is the almighty God. And as we come to God in prayer this morning, some of you have sent your prayer request to Pastor Ingstong. Some of you did not because some of you doesn't want to share it because of privacy thing. Some of you may have some unspoken requests that you are just, you just don't want to share it to everybody. But the Bible says, whatever thing that's bothering us, bring it to Jesus. He cares for you. He answers all our prayers. Have we thought that we have brought it to Jesus and actually not yet? Because we just talked about it. Talk about your problem to Jesus. Not me. Not to the person next to you. Okay, and the Bible says that you know, where two or three are gathered in his name, he is in their midst. And you know, there is the power of agreement. The Bible says that if we agree something here on earth, it will be done in heaven. And whatever we lose here on earth, earth, it shall be loosed in heaven. Whatever we bind here on earth shall also be done in heaven. As the body of Christ, as we pray this morning, there is power in your prayers. There is a power in prayer. As Pastor in song show us, and as we go to prayer this morning, believe in your heart. Believe in your heart that we talk to a God who is omnipotent. We talk to a God who is omniscient. He is not indifferent to your situation. You know what? He cares for you. You may be at the end of the rope. That's good. Why? Because it's time for us to totally depend on God. Trust in the Lord and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. God knows the very intent of your hearts. Some of you are bitter here this morning. There's unforgiveness in your heart. Some of you felt that, feel that, you know, and up to now, you have not forgiven that person. And the Lord is telling you right now, cast those cares. Cast those bitterness to Him. Because when Jesus died on the cross, He took everything on the cross. And those cares, they're no longer yours. Why keep it? Give it to where it belongs. It belongs to Jesus. And He will take care of it. Some of us here are bitter with our jobs. I just don't like what I'm doing. I just hate my boss. I just hate the people around me. Jesus said, cast it.
somebody here is, you know, sick. I don't know what your sickness is. You've been going to the doctor every now and then. You've been taking medications and yet, here you are, you're still sick. Nothing has happened. You know, God knows it. He knows everything. He can meet your need. Let's not doubt the power of God. Don't be afraid, God said. I am your shield and your great reward. Is there anything too hard for me, says the Lord? Before I formed you, God said, I already know you. And I've already ordained you to work in my vineyard. What is stopping us? You might be here for the first time and you still don't know about the Lord Jesus Christ and have not accepted Him as your personal Lord and Savior. I encourage you this morning, come to Jesus. Some of us here may not have even forgiven ourselves because we have done something wrong that is really, really bad. Jesus is the Savior of our soul. Father, we thank you that whenever we come to you, you are always there. Thank you, Lord God, that you love each and every one of us. You know the very intents of our hearts. You know the problems that we have. You know the things that's bothering us. God, we cast all our cares on you. God, wala na kami mapuntahan, Lord, but you. We might be at the end of our rope. And Lord God, we acknowledge that apart from you, we are nothing. We submit our dependence on you, Father. Father.